an exorcist laughs the devil away. another episode of with a side of franchise but we are having ourselves a date night special date night special so it's been a minute since we had one of these i think the last date night we did was scream six yeah which was over a month ago at this point Mm -hmm. because that came out at like the beginning or middle of march so it's definitely been a full month since then yeah but we've been to see Many movies together since then. In between, yeah. They just didn't feel right for date night. Yeah. We saw A Good Person, which cast decided that that one was a little too heavy. A little too heavy for me to talk about on a podcast. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to cry in front of you guys. We'll talk, we'll go ahead and talk about like an apocalypse happening where every human being could possibly die, but <laughs> God forbid, God forbid we talk about one where two people die. Oh no. Anyway, then we saw the Mario movie. And that one was on me. I We actually did attempt to record an episode on that, mm-hmm. but there's just nothing there. So it was a very short episode. So I was like, yeah, we'll just skip this one then. It's just right. not worth it. Whereas a good person is too deep. Too Mario deep. Was too Mario shallow. is too You're superficial. You're in the pool. All yeah. Right? Fair enough. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> it's for kids. But We also saw Dungeons and Dragons. And we saw Dungeons and Dragons. And the but reason that we didn't... Good. That was, a, I fucking love that movie. So the surprise of the month of March, hands down. Mm-hmm. Second best movie I've seen all year behind wow. Creed 3. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I loved it. But the reason we didn't do an episode <laughs> on that is because we saw it early and we felt weird doing an episode on it. So we just decided not to. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you haven't seen that, obviously, you, you have to at this point. It's so good. Mm-hmm. But we're back with a date night episode and we are covering yet another horror movie. And actually, it's really funny because I was going to tell Cass that... She made the comment a few days ago that she's excited because she doesn't remember the last time she like went and saw a horror movie and we watched a horror movie and she's like, yeah, I'm all about it. And I was like, me too. Something about like just a good old fashioned horror movie to really like get my blood going. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sitting here right now talking to you, we've seen Knock at a Cabin, which is a horror thriller, and Scream <sighs> 6, which is labeled as a horror movie. Two of the episodes we've covered on this are horror movies and yet for some reason... This, it doesn't feel like they were horror movies. No, they don't feel horror. I would, like, Knock at a Cabin is definitely just more, like, thriller with some some murder. Suspense. It's not really scary. It's, it's more not of a scary at, It's not scary at all. No. It's more of, like, a, the only thing that's really scary about it is if, like, you put yourself in that position. That's it. Yeah. Like, and, it's just so far-fetched. You're like, eh. And then Scream, I would call it a scary movie, but I, it's not a, in my mind, it's not <laughs> horror. Like, it's very, like, to me, those are different. Scary movies and horror movies are different. This has been a bone of contention between the two of us. Because I say that horror movies don't need to necessarily be horrifying or even scary. They're just dealing with something that is of a supernatural element. So they don't need to scare you. Cass is like, a horror movie needs to be, like, blood and guts, and a scary movie needs to scare me. Yeah. And I disagree wholeheartedly. They're one and the same thing. You're using them interchangeably. But I wouldn't even say, like, Scream wasn't necessarily even scary scary. Like, I wasn't scared during Scream. I don't think you're supposed to be scared watching those movies. Where, like, with the movie that we're going to be talking about today, there was a scene where I had to cover my eyes. That's horror. That, to me, is horror. I had to cover my eyes. But that's what's so great about horror is that it's (laughs) going to hit different people in different ways. And at the same time, if you don't find it scary, sometimes horror movies... And that's where, like, the term scary movie is, like, kind of, like, a downfall to the genre because... Horror movies don't have to scare you. 
Mm. It's just a horror movie because what else are you going to call a movie that's about a dude who kills you in your sleep? I beg to differ. But the reason we're ranting and raving right now is because we only have three trailers to cover in the next section. So that's why this section lasted so long. But we're going to go ahead and dive into the trailers game where I ask Cass to pass or watch. And we'll do that now. There is a case that needs your attention. Bring me the priest. I'm here to help Julia. Wrong priest! Take caution. There are secrets buried there. He's about to conceal. Church has against this demon before. So in this section, basically, Cass gives her law whether we all go watch this movie or if we all skip this movie and boycott it and hope it bombs terribly. So, <laughs> so there were only like five or six trailers in this movie, I think. And we had actually discussed most of them. And I forgot to write down the trailers. So if we're missing some, I apologize. But these are the, the two main ones that we had were Big George Foreman. The movie about George Foreman becoming uh, a boxer in his life oh. in between. Skip. No. <laughs> Why? Explain you yourself. Know, you know, those are just, those are movies like I'll watch with you sitting on the couch at home. <gasps> but I'm not going to go to the movies to see a movie You're killing like me. You're killing me. Why? Did I go see the air movie with you? Nike Air no, you didn't. Becoming Air Jordan? Is no. that the name? Air Courting a Legend. I didn't go see that. Because those are movies that, sure, I'll watch. But I'm not paying money to watch them. Because they don't pique my interest that much. And there's so many stories coming out. Like, there's so many movies coming out that are like, this sports legend story. And it's just like, <laughs> don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. I am ecstatic about it. I just could not <laughs> be you, more excited to watch this movie. But you love, like, boxing, yeah. wrestling. Yeah. MMA, all that, MMA, all, all that stuff. I can take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> You're killing me here. You're killing me. How the hell is Rocky the first franchise I do and you come on here and you just say you don't like boxing movies? But I You're feel like me. Rocky's different. How? How is it any different? Was Rocky an actual boxer? No. Exactly. So it's you still want to watch... story. So what if it was George Foreman's story, but it's just a dude named Hank Hill? I don't... It's... it's you wouldn't... Just, you just wouldn't. Rocky's different. Rocky's okay. completely oh. made up. That's hilarious. You are killing me. The second movie we had was The Blackening. Watch. That one's a watch. What the sure. fuck is that movie, man? <laughs> I saw the trailer months ago. Like, literally in February. I'm pretty sure I saw that trailer for the first time. Mm-hmm. can't remember what I was watching. And I meant to tell you about it, and I completely forgot until we were there. Mm-hmm. And I looked at you, and I was like, The Blackening. And you were like, what? That movie looks hilarious yeah if you don't know you need to watch the trailer but if i had to sum it up just briefly it's that a group of black people go to a cabin in the woods and discover that they are being hunted by someone who is in the (laughs) house and they basically have to play this game called the blackening and decide which one of them is the blackest (laughs) i feel like it's very like scary movie-esque it's no that's exactly what it is i mean the the joke the running the, the opening joke they show is that we have to figure out who's the the blackest and one of them goes it can't be me because i'm gay and the other one goes it's not me because i voted for trump twice and everyone loses their shit like like it's it's just an argument to see who is the blackest so that one dies it's so fucked up it's so fucked up but it's gonna be hilarious it looks really funny i think the trailer overexposed it a little bit though 
I was like, I was like, this trailer could be like literally thirty five. Because a movie like that, like scary movie, does it need a two and a half minute trailer? No, no, we but get it. It's you, a spoof. We guys, understand. You guys, Kyle will always complain about the length. Of Shut the up. Trailer. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> when when we are deciding to watch movies, sometimes I'll like show cast like. A, uh, a trailer from YouTube. It'll show me the first thirty and seconds. I'll show her like, the first thirty seconds, and I'll turn it off and be like, "What do you think?" And she'll be like, "I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. You barely saw anything about that movie. It's not my fault, okay? It's the creator of the trailer's fault. They need to pack more in there in thirty seconds." The last trailer that we had, and the reason I said the two main ones is because those two are the only movies we actually got a trailer for a TV show that I have seen the trailer for hundreds of times, and at this point, I'm boycotting the show just because I've seen the trailer so many fucking times. <laughs> But it is called Citadel. I think I'll watch that. <clears throat> Why? Because I like the actors. Yeah, it's it. uh, isn't it Richard Madsen and Priyanka Chopra? It's Priyanka Chopra and then Rob Stark from yeah. I think, it's, I think his name is Richard Madsen and Stanley Tucci. Which oh, I like all three oh, of them. Oh, I love Stanley Tucci. I love all three of them. But I've like, loved him since Burlesque. I don't think I've seen Burlesque. He was in Burlesque, the one with Cher and Christina Aguilera. No, I haven't seen that. I've seen like 10 minutes of that movie. Yeah, and I think that. you watched it the other day, and I was like, yeah, I'm just I'm just stepping out of the room for this one. <laughs> Were the trailers out of the way? Wait, 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 wait. Well, hold on. I won't... We have to go back, and I just want to tell you guys, like, when you listen to this trailer game, if I say I'm not going to watch it, I am not going to watch it. Because, as you all know, if you've heard any of our date night episodes, I boycott <laughs> Renfield. <laughs> boycott it saw the trailer every single time hated it from like the first time i saw the trailer i said i wasn't gonna watch it Mm -hmm. and then i continued to see the trailer every single time i went to the movie we go to the movies i go to the movies three times a week i go to the movies three times a week most weeks Cass comes with me at least once every two weeks if Mm -hmm. not more if i can convince her so we saw that trailer probably close to 10 times we saw it a lot and so as you know i said i am boycotting it i will not be going to see that movie and i urged all of you to not see that movie um I did Kyle saw the freaking movie. <laughs> I saw it while she was at work. I was like, I have to go see this. But I just want you all to know that I stuck to my word. She did. I was not going to see that movie. <laughs> so we had, we had, I gave her the option. We could either watch Renfield or we could watch The Pope's Exorcist. But one of them we had to see. And she <laughs> didn't, even close. didn't even finish my sentence when she was, I said Renfield or she said or. Anything else. Anything else. I'm not watching that movie. I also asked her if she wanted to see Paint with me because uh, I uh, had been dying to see that movie and she had the day off and I was like, let's go see Paint. And she literally was like, I'll drive you to the theater, but I'm not going in with you. <laughs> I literally went and did my own thing while yeah. we went to the movie. She dropped me off at the theater and she was like, I'm going to go read my book down by the water and text me when you're done. And I was like, okay. And she did. I really thought she was going to like come in with me and she's like, nah. She sticks to her guns. So when she says she's not watching it, this bitch ain't watching it. I am like, watching not it. Doing it. You're not going to make happening. me. <laughs> Whatever you do, you only do because God allows it. Did he allow that? Alright, so this section, Cass and I are just going to pretty much run down our thoughts and feelings on this movie. And I'm going to give her the floor to start because I know what she's going to say. I liked it. There it is. There it is. She said it. She said it. (laughs) No, but honestly, it was like, it was a really good movie. I wouldn't say it was like super, super scary. I definitely had its moments of being scary, but I liked the new take on the possession, like because of who this, the evil spirit was trying to possess was a lot different than a movie yeah. I'd ever seen before. So we're going to spoil it in like about 10 seconds. So if you don't <laughs> want us to spoil this movie, turn it off now and come back after you've seen it. But I'm going to spoil it right now. Ready? Mm-hmm. 
The little boy is possessed. That's nothing new. We know that. The little boy being possessed is just the bait to get the Pope's exorcist there. Mm -hmm. the, the little boy is possessed and he says, bring me the Pope. So, or bring me the father. So they bring... He says the Pope, I think. No, no, he said, well, bring me the priest. He says, bring me the priest. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he says, bring me the priest. They bring in the wrong priest. It's their local one. It's this family that's moved from America to Spain. They moved to Spain. We don't really get a backstory on there. Their dad died and they get this house in Spain they're fixing up. There you go. That's all you need to know. It's um, not a house. It's a big, huge church. It's a church, right. And they kept saying that. I'm sorry. I kept getting confused. With like, I was like rooms to also It was a house, house, but there was like a giant church in the bottom. It was weird. Yeah. But anyway, the father of the local church shows up and the exorcist, the, the, the possessed boy casts him out of the room and he's like, wrong father. So then enter the Pope's exorcist. So the Pope <laughs> has... A specific person that he or, well, he, this, no, she's, <laughs> uses to perform exorcist, exorcisms. And that's the one that they send out to this little boy. And that's what the demon wanted. This demon is Osmodius. He is basically the king of hell, I think they say. Mm -hmm. I haven't freshed up on my hierarchy of the demons and the princes of hell since I watched Hereditary back in like, 2018, 2017, whenever it came out. So my hierarchy is a little messed up. And I think Osmodius is like top of the top. Mm -hmm. He basically eats the souls of the Pope's exorcist. That's what he does. And they discover that through history, he's the one that's been doing this. And that twist there, like you said, I fucking loved it. Mm -hmm. This is a tired story that we have seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And it has failed Almost every single time. Mm -hmm. I can count on both my hands the number of good exorcism movies, possession movies, right? Mm -hmm. And this one takes that same boring, tired story that we've seen a hundred times and flips it on its head because it's nuz it doesn't want the kid. It doesn't give a shit about the kid or the family. It wants the Pope's exorcist. It wants him specifically. Mm -hmm. And I loved that twist because we've not seen a movie where the Pope or the exorcist is the one that the demon wants. It just right. is looking for a body. Right. This demon specifically is like, I just want your soul, dude. I don't give a fuck about these people. And at one point, at the end, he's like, I will trade you these people and let them go to have you. Right. And that's what, like, that demon knows. Like, that's what the exorcist will do. Like, he will give himself up to save this family. He will. Because he's racking from guilt from a previous incident where he didn't mm -hmm. believe that the girl was possessed. Mm -hmm. And that girl actually ends up killing herself. And he blames himself for that because obviously he didn't believe her. Because as we find out in the beginning of the movie, the Pope's exorcist, played by Russell Crowe, literally doesn't believe that m most exorcism cases are exorcism. He believes that 99% are people who are maladjusted and just want attention. Yeah. He's... And he says the 1% is real. Yeah. And so his first opinion going into any of these cases, it's fake. So even in the beginning, he tells the guy that he was never possessed. He uses the pig as a decoy. He takes mm -hmm. this pig and says, oh, if you're a demon, possess the pig. And the guy stops freaking out and they shoot and kill the pig. And they're like, oh, look at that. The demon's gone. And the guy's mm -hmm. like, thank you so much. They just want attention. Mm -hmm. So when he gets to this house, he is floored to realize that it's actually like a real exorcism he has to perform. Mm -hmm. And I also love the part of the story where it's weird because he's in the Vatican, right? Mm -hmm. And I love when the council of like the high priests or whatever the fuck they are, I don't know what they are. They basically are like. Yeah, we're firing you. We don't believe in exorcisms anymore. So, like, you're done. Mm -hmm. And he's like, listen, if you want to fire me, you got to talk to my boss and it's the Pope. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm only done if he tells me I'm done. 
I love that because we have not seen in most of the exorcism movies I've seen the actual hierarchy of how an exorcist arrives at this case. Mm-hmm. It's always like, call the father. And then the priest shows up and they're like, I know exactly what to do. You know what I mean? Right. And I feel like I liked what how he also said, you don't think an exorcist is necessary anymore because I'm good at my job. Yeah. Like, yeah. I loved that point in the story too. I just love the, the story. That's what I'm trying to say is the story is so tired and, and played out and boring. But this story and the way they, they make it fresh because having it be a very well-known demon, Prince mm-hmm. of Hell essentially is in Osmodius, and the fact that he's hunting down and killing all of the Pope's exorcists throughout history, love it. Love, love, love it. Love it. That story is so refreshing in this played out genre. Mm-hmm. What makes it so good though is Russell fucking Crowe. Yeah. That was he is. Say. Wow. He is, he's really fun as an exorcist. Like. Or, like, a priest. Because he's just, like, you can tell he is just weathered. Like, he has seen everything there is to see. <laughs> and he knows no matter what, like, God will forgive him. <laughs> yeah, he, he he became an exorcist, basically, and wanted to do right because he let a lot of his... Um, he was the leader of some sort of military group mm-hmm. in World War II who was fighting against Italy, even though he lived in Italy. And eventually all of his... Um, Soldiers were killed and he pretended and he survi- to be dead. And he survived. so Because he, he pretended survived. to be dead. And he was like, You're a co- I'm a coward. So he went, became a father basically so that way he could like try to find some meaning in life. That's what you got from that? Yeah. He wanted to absolve himself of his sins. He was a co- He literally, the devil, this little Satan person kept calling him a coward. What I got when he woke up was that he was, praised God that he was alive and was like, I'm going to do something with this, with my life now to help other people. Right, absolve himself of his sins and help other people. I think we're saying the same thing. Russell Crowe is electric, and that's all you need to know. He is just phenomenal in this role. And he the way he deals with a lot of the issues with humor is just top-notch. Like, he handles... Mm-hmm. He's always very much... He's definitely a live-laugh-love kind of guy. He's like, laugh through the pain, drinks... He's like, he gets to the Abbey, and the first thing he does is start drinking immediately. Yeah. And he keeps Which asking is, the other father if he wants a, a shot of the liquor, and he's like, no, I don't drink. Yeah. Isn't it like most priests, like, you don't really drink unless it's, like, the the wine? Yeah, I don't think you can. Yeah. I don't think you're supposed you're to. You're not supposed and to. And he does. And this guy's literally drinking out of a flask. Like, yes. Out of a flask. He has a flask that he keeps on him, and he's just getting hammered. And even when, they, when he first finds out that this person actually is possessed by Osmodius, he looks at the other priest, and he's like... Hey, so by the way, we're going to do this. We all have to have clean souls. Mm-hmm. I've done my confession recently. Have you? And he's like, no. And he's like, okay, well, confess your confessions to me, all right? And he gets down. He's like, forgive me, Father. It's been eight months since I've sinned. And Russell Crowe's <laughs> like, like, eight months? We don't have time for that. He's like, eight months? He's like, you're a man of the God. You're a man of the cloth, aren't you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, eight months? He's like, God, let's just say God forgives you, okay? <laughs> it's so fucking funny because... It just shows, like, one, the urgency of the case, and two, that Russell Crowe, is ba- his character is basically like, listen, I'm a man of the cloth, too, but we don't have fucking time for this. Like, get over it. You're absolved, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I do think that his character added, like, just so much fun to the role, because yeah. not only not only the character, because he is funny and he's electric, but Russell Crowe himself just made that character feel so much better. I don't think anyone else should have played, or would have played it as well. Yeah. I think other people could have, but I don't think he, they would have, like, nailed that fine balance of, like, terrified... And confident while also being funny. You know what I mean? And I think, honestly, like, he's just funny and, like, just himself because I feel like he does feel like he's done so much for, like, 
the church and for God that like no matter what he does, yeah. it's forgiven. I'm pretty sure he says at one point he's just like he lets himself be possessed because he knows God is on his side. He's like, yeah, yeah I'm just gonna do this because God's on my side. Whatever. Yeah. I just thought that was like it just makes the character so much more like entertaining to mm-hmm. watch because if you have the same old tired story with the same old tired characters, no one's gonna care. Right. You at least made him funny and a little more realistic because he's a he's coming off as like you know he had his cowardly moment in the past, decides to change his life. And then stopped believing that there was ever evil in the world, right? And because, you know, there's so many cases of, hey, this isn't a real exorcism. This isn't real possession. So he starts to doubt the the, the power of, of the, the devil and that God's power is not there. And then he realizes, hey, okay, I am wrong. God will have my side because I've done this so many times. And it just adds so much to the actual story, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I do want to say that I don't think any of the other characters were like... That interesting. I liked the dynamic between the two priests. Yeah. I liked the other priests. Yeah. But besides the family, like, I really didn't give a shit about them. No, I didn't give a shit they about them. They didn't give you enough time to, like, actually, like, feel, like, a connection with them. Could not agree more. This movie is a movie, I hate saying this, but it's a movie that could have been 25 minutes longer just to get you connected to the family. Yeah, because, like, it's almost, like, immediately, like, 15 minutes into the movie, the little boy's possessed. So it's yeah. like, you don't even know the family. And then, it killed me. The entire time the priest is dealing with the little kid, his mom and his sister are sleeping. And also, she's like, they're going about their normal days. That was so fucking, like, her brother and her share a bathroom. So their doors are on both sides of it. And she's just sitting there listening to music, music, writing in her journal, coloring. It's like, no, you're not, dude. No, you're fucking not. I'd be downstairs in that church right. so fucking fast. So like, no chance. The family was so weird because it's like... Your son, your little brother is sitting in there possessed and you think you can go to sleep? And just do like normal everyday activities. Like the mom's just downstairs flipping through like some sort of book or something. And when the priest comes down, he's like, hey, I need some coffee because I'm going to be up all night. And she's like, okay. And it's like, why are you not doing anything else? This is just very strange. As you said, the sister is literally in the next room over. Like their rooms are connected. And she's just laying on her bed, flipping through a magazine, listening to music. And it's like, your brother's possessed. And you're just chilling. It made that was so jarring because it took me out of the story. I was like, no chance. It no made fucking me so chance. mad. Like they literally I'm not joking. It felt like the entire time that they were dealing with the kid, like the priest was dealing with the kid, his family was just sleeping. Like you literally showed, like, they moved like the mom and the sister downstairs because at one point they were sleeping. Right. And the the evil spirit. Osmodius can control multiple. He's a he has the ability to possess multiple people at a time, and so he was right. throwing his power to try to possess these people. Right. So like, he like pulls, sucks the mom into the bed and yeah. attacks the daughter in the closet, and then they're like, "Oh, we gotta stick together," and then we gotta sleep downstairs. And it's like that just happened to you, and you're just going back to sleep. They literally immediately show them downstairs going back to bed, and it's like. No it shot. It was so weird. It, was, it just, everything felt rushed. It's not that like... Why are they sleeping? Right. And it's it's like you can have the characters, like they have that happen. Eventually they like are so exhausted they have to go to sleep. The one I want to compare it to is like The Conjuring. Because The Conjuring took 30 minutes before we even met the priest, right? Yeah. And, or not the priest, um, um, Bob, and, Bob and Lorraine Warren, right? Mm-hmm. We were with the family for like 30 to 45 minutes before they even entered the scene. Mm-hmm. This one is the complete opposite. We meet the, the the Pope's exorcist, spend 20 minutes with him, family gets five minutes, back to the Pope. Yeah. I had no connection to this family whatsoever. And if you add an extra 25 minutes, you can make them being attacked and then going downstairs to go to sleep seem way more organic. This was very much so, we're being attacked, now we have to go to sleep. And they were never around. Like, I feel like normally, like, 
when the Pope is excising the spirit in these movies like the family's like all standing around around standing around or at least outside the room trying to help like want to be like want to be like involved and this family was just like do you think yeah it just it felt like they so weird the only time that the sister and mother in the room was when they were of consequence when they were like when their characters were about to be attacked Mm -hmm. or something's gonna happen to them other than that they were forgotten completely i feel like where the fuck were they when the priest is doing any of his duties like, when he's in the room reciting his, like, Bible verses, where the fuck are they? They're just gone for, like, 40 minutes. Right. Where are like, they? It's like, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like this movie pretty much, like, took place, like, over two days. Like, I, that's I would the say, entire time the priest was there. I would say he arrived. The next day it was over. Right. And so it's like, why are you sleeping? Like, it hasn't even been a full 24 hours. Right. Like, you can't stay awake for this? It was this? done that morning. Like, it felt like the next morning, <laughs> everything happened in that, like, window at night. Yeah. And the next morning, everything was done. Because they, so they go down into the cellar. They find that this is Osmodius and that this was built on uh, an unholy land or whatever. And they tried to lock the demon down there. Ooh, okay. That's eight <laughs> hours. Where the fuck is this? What's happening with the family? All of a sudden, it's by the so way, weird. the only the, the next time we see them after they go to sleep, the next time we see them is the mom waking up to realize that her daughter's also upstairs being possessed by mm-hmm. Asmodeus. And it's like, thing, maybe you shouldn't have been fucking sleeping for the hundredth time today. Right. Like, why are you in bed right now? And two, <laughs> I wanted to see the daughter go up there because, like, it felt so weird that she's terrified of her brother. Doesn't want to right. go anywhere near him. And then the next scene, she's just in the room right. holding like, his why hand. Why was she up there? Why like, was she up did there? The, did the spirit come and wake her up and draw her up there? Right. Like, why did she go back to that room after she was just attacked? Again, it's one extra scene. Just add that scene in there. I'm telling you, this movie would have been amazing if it was 25 minutes longer. Right. This needed to be two hours. I hate saying that. I really do. I think most movies can be told in a 90 to 95 minute window. Right. This needed to be it two hours more. long. Because like, you didn't even like the you didn't like the kids like I did not give a single fuck. The daughter was a brat. The daughter was terrible, and the little boy was creepy and didn't speak. Which I understand. They said he didn't talk since his dad died. But like again, like he's not some cute little kid that you're like sad is possessed. Like he was. <laughs> yeah, creepy. all the ugly kids need to be possessed. Right. He now. was first off. They found a good character to be possessed because he was already freaky looking. So the little the, start. the little actor the little I'll let you sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but the, the little boy actor was phenomenal because he was he wasn't i don't think the creepy kid thing works anymore but he played the devil possessed character to a t for a young for a young boy he did really well but it's just like yeah you just don't you don't even like him so it's like i don't want the pope's exorcist to go up his soul for these the only exactly the only reason i'm invested in this is because i want the pope's exorcist to survive yeah this movie felt like it was all about the Pope, which is called the Pope's Exorcist, I get. But if you want to have a payoff, you need to have the people watching the movie connect with the the main characters. And if right. the little boy is possessed and the family is going through it, I need to see the family going through it. And I need to see some sort of connect, feel some sort of connection to them because right. I didn't. The only characters I felt connected to at all, like not even kidding, were the Pope or the priest exorcist and the father that he had with him. That was like or the original father right. from the from the beginning. And that's the thing is like, sorry to interrupt you, you, but like. That's the thing is, like, if you're going to have, like, the big payoff be, like, the Pope deciding to, like, sacrifice himself for this family, you have to like the family. I have to like the family. Like, it has to be, like, a hard choice. It's not like, a fair Like, oh, trail. my God, what to do? Whereas, like, he decided he was going to save the family, and I'm like, ugh. Literally, I felt like, I was like, no, terrible. fuck these people. Fuck just leave. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't, I didn't feel connected to them at all. He, he felt, felt connected. The, the connection he had to the family felt more like, this is my job, but 
yeah, he and that's how like, I felt. I felt like this is my job. I didn't feel like I care about these people. Right, like I didn't even think he felt connected to the little boy. Like the only reason no. he felt the need to do this is because of his guilt from the last girl. The guilt from the last girl, and the fact that if this demon were to get out and not be it sealed be really away bad. again, it would apparently be catastrophic to every human on earth. Um, I think what this movie—I I do want to add this in here real quick—but <laughs> the thing that's weird is that this feels like the first of a franchise. I hope they don't. Oh. I don't want this to become a franchise because I think <laughs> if you continue to have... You can only have so many Exorcist movies and have them work. Even the Exorcist franchise, like the OG, the Exorcist, Exorcist 2, 3, whatever. The first one's the best one, obviously. Other than that, I'm not a huge fan of them. They, they get stale that fast. The Conjuring. Conjuring 2 isn't as good as the first. Conjuring 3 is abysmal. Sorry I said it, but... Dude, don't make this a franchise. Let it stand on its own. It's okay. I don't need this to be a franchise. And they, the way they ended this movie, they set it up to be a franchise. And when they yeah. ended it, when they ended it, and they were like, "There's 199 more demons out there. What do you say?" And Russell Crowe goes, "That's a, that's more than a lifetime's work for one father." And then he looks at the guy next to him, who is the father from the beginning, and he goes, "What do you say? You want to help me?" And they go on this journey. Here's my thing. That makes sense now that we're not connected to the family because it's not about them. It's about the Pope. I get the Pope's exorcist. I get that. But if you are going to have a franchise, you did do a good job at setting up the characters that matter. But please don't. See, please I would, don't. I would actually, I would actually like it. Oh. Like, I would like to see Russell Crowe more as the Pope's exorcist. And as I said, that's my favorite relationship from the movie is yeah. the two fathers, yeah. like together. I would love that. I their, would love that. Their chemistry was great between was Russell Crowe and I cannot remember that other actor's name, the, the father. Their connection and their energy when they were in the room together was legitimate it felt mm-hmm. authentic and i wholeheartedly lend that to russell crowe just being one of the best actors of all time the man yeah. is amazing there's a reason he has oscars under his name and i think having him go into a franchise is something he would never do i don't think he would you know. do a franchise i don't i don't think he would be like yeah i want to revisit this character he's not a guy i think that would do that but wouldn't you love to see like so russell crowe he's the i would say he has like 30 years on the other father like, like age-wise? Yeah. Yeah, I would say he's 30 so or more. The you young, see the other father him, pretty like, young. Taking this other father under his wing and training him to be the next Pope's exorcist? Yes, I don't want to see it, though. I, I get do. it. I, I want to see it. I can see it being inferred. I don't need to actually see it. I want to see it. I do want to talk about Russell Crowe real quick again. And <laughs> it's the opposite side of what I just said. He was so good that everyone else seemed really bad. No! Yeah, I, like, I thought... I thought the other father was hold really on, let good, me, let me Let me say this. The Whenever Russell Crowe's not on the screen, the other actors are terrible. It's just they're so obviously not on his level. When they're on the screen with Russell Crowe, though, they're awesome. It's because Russell Crowe heightens them because he's making them be as good as he is. They're like, hey, you have to you have to get on my level, you know? And that's why I think the father is probably the second best character, in my opinion, because he shares a lot of the screen time with Russell Crowe. But the daughter and mother share almost no screen time with him. And I think that's why I also had an issue with them because they're not getting in on that, like, chemistry with him and i think that also just damns the characters because we have russell crowe there and he's not interacting with these characters at all but they're part of the story it just makes them seem so much weaker Mm -hmm. just so much weaker yeah there's this other thing that like doesn't really have to do with anything we've talked about so far but i have to bring it up so i don't forget about it so the younger father i wish we could remember his name i'll look it up you keep Um, talking he gets his ear uh, <laughs> you fucking... He gets his ear bitten off. I gotta like tell you, the, she pointed this out to me and immediately I was like, oh. The tip of his ear. Like, he has a whole chunk out of the tip of his ear. The father, top of his ear. 
Esquibelli. I'm not going to say that. The younger father. Father Esquibelli. <laughs> um, that's really what they called him? Father Esquibelli. Esquibel? Esquibel? I think it's Esquibel. Oh. Well, so he, anyway, he gets his ear bit off by the little kid. Like, the whole top portion of his ear. Yeah. You flash to, like, the end of the movie where they just so they, they just got rid of the other demon. They're all good. I, it's probably, like, a week later. If that. Yeah, if that. When they flash to the, like... I would actually say, I would argue that it's only, like, two or three days after yeah, the events. I think they are... And now they're back at yeah, the, the, the Vatican. Vatican. His ear's back! <laughs> yeah, you, you literally were like, I'm like, his, his, ear. his ear just didn't grow back, and you're telling me they found that chunk on the floor from hours ago, and, and they reattached it? <laughs> No. I, yeah, there's no chance. There's Your no ear chance. doesn't grow back. Why is his ear back? There's no chance, yeah. It was awful. Like, uh. it's, like how do they miss that? If they're going to make a big deal about him getting his ear bit off by the child, then they have to follow through for the rest of the movie and have that chunk of his he ear He had a missing. bandage on his ear, too, covering it. And yeah. then at the end, it's just back. The bandage completely. is off and his ear is grown back. Yeah. It's just, yeah. That I, When you said that, I was like, oh, damn. I also didn't <laughs> like anything that had to do with the Vatican. Just wanted to stay... Like when like Russell Crowe, when the Russell Crowe is in the Vatican mm-hmm. and he's dealing with them, great, love it. When Russell Crowe goes <laughs> home, and for some reason we keep going back to the Vatican, I'm out, dude. You're wasting, you're wasting your own time. That time could have been allocated to the family to make me feel more attached to them. Anything, yeah. show more Russell Crowe. I don't it, care, it but was, oh, I didn't like it that. It was kind of cool when you saw like the connection the Pope had to the Exorcist. Yeah, because like stuff right. was happening to R- Russell Crowe. And, like, the Pope was having effects from it. Yeah, I, I think that the power from Osmodius and the power and the effect he had on Russell Crowe, it was affecting the Pope. Because they're very closely related because of their the nature of their jobs, mm-hmm. like the Pope. And, obviously, he's the Pope's exorcist. They work hand in hand together. <laughs> um, I, I do actually think that connection, I did like that connection a lot. Cool. But I don't think we need to see as much as we did. Mm-hmm. Or the young guy, when they're, like, trying to really show you this young upstart father that's like on the panel that's like we're retiring oh, you a jerk. and he has a heart attack and then he retires to guam at the end of the movie what the fuck is that i don't need that storyline whatsoever Who retired to guam that brat the the, oh. the 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 other father takes over and that little guy just like the young guy just retires they're like yeah he's vacationing in guam and russell crowe goes i shall pray for guam's safety then <laughs> I, that was hilarious but also I shall pray for guam <laughs> it felt like he only had that character in there so they could make that joke at the end why are we visiting this character at all throughout the entire movie it makes no yeah, sense yeah he didn't really need to be he didn't there. need to be in there whatsoever i guess he was kind of the one that was like exorcism isn't real like we don't need you anymore i like that what i'm saying is when russell crowe's not there anymore and we keep flashing to him why are we doing that i don't know like, they flash back to him having that heart attack or the panic attack he's having when he's in the church. And it's like, I don't care, dude. I don't care about you at all. Let's do anything else with this amount of time. Mm-hmm. You said some moment scared you. I would like to know what moment scared you. Oh, so the moment that scared me, it didn't even have to do with, like, the original family or anything. Yes, I know what you're about to say now. So, as we mentioned, Russell Crowe, the father, the post-exorcist, has all of this father guilt. Father Amorton. Father Amorton. Did they um, call him Mort? They call him Amort. That was they kept calling him Amort, but um, it's a Morton, I think. He has all this guilt from um, this girl that he didn't believe was possessed, and she ended up killing herself. So we flash back to like a scene from when he was like, I guess it's like his first assessment working of her, with yeah. her, and she bites a bird's head off. She has that little baby bird in her hands, it's a and little she's baby like bird. talking real creepy about how she wants him to fuck him and all this stuff, yeah, and then just rips the bird's head clean off and then they flash and then 
that's the payoff for a scene we saw earlier in the movie mm-hmm. where the little boy starts choking on something. Yeah. And you're like, what is happening? And there's this bulge in his throat and then a little baby bird falls out of his mouth. And you're like, the fuck is going on? That's the payoff is when you see that the, the devil, the, the demon possessing this boy Asmodeus was fucking with the, the Pope. Yeah. I thought that scene was so strong. But I yeah, like, that's wow, the I love scene that. that I had to close my eyes for when she starts eating the living bird. Yeah. Did you think of any other scenes that you were like freaked out by at all? Like scared by? There was one that was creepy like when the daughter's um, arms like started to contour and she climbed up the wall. Yeah. It's always creepy when they have them climb up the wall. Is it? Yes. Okay. It's always creepy to me when their arms and legs break and contort and then they're climbing up the wall. It's like, how'd their hands get sticky? Also, I'm just saying, if every single bone in her body was snapped like that, that bitch wouldn't have been fine at the end of the movie. And then... And then <laughs> she's just okay ten minutes later. She's fine. <laughs> and then there is a scene where the osmosis and the little boy is literally making Osmodius. her... Osmodius. Osmosis. <laughs> <laughs> the water process in your body. <laughs> but Osmodius. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's great. But Osmodius... And the little boy, he, like, has the mom, like, held against the wall, choking her. And then he spins the daughter's yeah. neck all the way around. It's like, her neck snapped. Her head actually spun all the way around. So she was looking she was looking at her mother who was standing behind her. And then Osmodius's power is, like, drained because um, the Pope downstairs is doing something. And she just drops to the floor. Her head snaps back forward. She's like, oh. <laughs> And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Broke. Your spine is done. You, you are dead. Be, like, how do they not, like, wh- honestly, like, what is the reasoning for them not being dead? And then, but the, the part that, like, I can kind of forgive that because maybe he didn't spin it all the way. Whatever. The facts when he possesses her for real the last time and she breaks every single uh-huh. bone in her body. I mean, her arms spin in angles they shouldn't mm-hmm. and she's crawling all over the walls. She'd be dead or incapacitated at the very least. Yeah, I just and look then, at how they're like, okay, my bones aren't broken, and they go back. Exactly. Like, ten minutes later, in the movie's ten minutes, like inside the movie's actual world, the ten minutes later when she's still possessed, the demon makes the, the pope makes the the pope's exorcist makes the agreement to give up his soul. The demon releases everybody. The girl's just fine. <laughs> I was like, I understand it's a horror movie. I'm supposed to suspend my disbelief. I can do right. that for certain things, but for her to not have any. I would have at least appreciated her screaming and then grabbing her arms or something. Right. And same thing with the little boy. Like, he, like, literally gets disfigured throughout, like, like as the possession takes place. And yeah. And he gets stronger and his stronger and stronger. His face was beaten to shit. He gets, like, all disfo- disformed. Like, his face is disformed. And then as soon as the spirit leaves him. It's fine. He goes back to normal. And she's like, how? Which is still ugly as fuck. It's <laughs> so creepy, creepy as shit. But it's just like, how does that work in that world? Like, how, how are they saying, like, all of this shit's happening, and then as soon as the spirit's out of their body, they just go back to normal, and nothing is wrong with them anymore? Right. Like, and this little boy had, like, cuts over them. his body. It said, and, God like, is not here, uh, carved in his flesh on his, his chest, and His nose was, gone. like, all crooked. Like, his eyes were, like... It's just like, how it's, are they like... It's what Rocky's face looked like at the end of the first Rocky when he got his ass beat by <laughs> Apollo. It was the makeup in that scene. Yeah. The makeup, though, was fucking outstanding. That kid looked... Like, he, it was disturbing. It was, was really good. That was the most disturbing and scariest part of the whole movie to me was watching the kid gradually get more and more disgusting and beat up. Yeah. Because by the end of it, his eyes are swollen shut. His face, like the like the bones in his face have broken so his many times. His teeth are like nubs. And like shoved around that's disgusting. His teeth are fucking gone, basically. They're just down to the gums. It's disgusting. The spirit leaves and he's immediately yeah, okay. Yeah, so I just, and I feel like that happens a lot in like movies like that. Where that's the, why they don't work. Where 
like you literally have every bone broken in your body and as soon as the spirit leaves you're fine it's just like i would like to like why why is that happening why is that, that a thing because it's a nice neat way to make sure everyone's okay and you can wrap the movie up in but 10 minutes does it make sense that's what i'm saying but that's why these <laughs> movies don't that's why these movies don't always do well because there's no long effect long lasting repercussions to these people yeah they're his face would have been, heal. he would have had to go to the hospital. She yeah. would have been investigated for fucking child abuse or neglect or something. Yeah. The little, the daughter would have been dead for sure. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so many issues with these movies because in the real world, you're getting asked questions and they're not going to accept we were possessed by a demon as an answer. Yeah. Look at Conjuring 3's real case, the real case that's based on. They won't accept that as an answer, bro. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. So I actually didn't find anything in this movie like overly scary. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's definitely got. Um, I was gonna say gothic. I was gonna say gothic feel, but it's not really a gothic feel. It's just it's creepy. It is creepy, but I think the the only thing that's really like scary about this movie is watching the little boy over time just become more and more deformed from his possession. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an excellent makeup job, and I also think that the little boy, although he didn't say those lines, he was just lips he was just like mouthing the words and there was another person clearly voicing mm-hmm. the demon that kid was phenomenal mm-hmm. his acting was great in those scenes because he had to he was like getting into the role his he's made you know he's getting like these uh veins on his neck when he's like screaming and like he's talking but it's not him talking yeah. it's someone else voicing over i loved it mm-hmm. i thought it was great before we kind of end off here because we're we're gonna end we're gonna end it pretty soon but how did you feel about the ending fight sequence with Osmodius and the women, essentially? The women? The two women, um, the Pope's exorcist, his dream, the, the, the or his, oh. his nightmare of the girl that he let die, and then the father, uh, his, I don't know, sin love his with that girl. Sin love. You know? That was weird, by the way. It was weird. It was Didn't weird. expect to see tits in this movie. Right? Bloody tits. Bloody tits. <laughs> I liked it though because it is like that those are like what those two people are most guilty for but they so I kind of like like the symbolism of being like your guilt will be what kills you. That's what he says your guilt will be your undoing like your yeah. guilt will all like the sins of your past will come back to haunt you mm-hmm. and Osmodius presents them with their sins at the very end. They're they way deep like, down in the dungeon of this, get over this their abbey sins, pretty much. and they have to literally conquer like you said they have to conquer the the um their sins which are the lust that the other father felt and the exorcist basically being like, I didn't believe this girl. Mm-hmm. I, although I get, I liked, I liked that. I hated the CGI mess it became. It looked. Really? I didn't yeah, notice. I, it just did not, they did not have the budget necessary to make that scene pay off. <laughs> you could have done that scene without having the body explode into like those gajillion pieces and looks so fucking fake it looks so <laughs> fake and it was just so bad and if you're gonna have a movie that felt so real everything in it mm-hmm. looked and felt real like the the makeup and everything was just great and then you have this cgi mess at the end it just took me out of it completely like the last 20 minutes i was like yeah i'm i'm i'm, huh. I'm good we can we can move on from this mm-hmm. i loved where it was going with father esquibel i think that's his name <laughs> i don't want how about i'm now i'm butchering it but i think that's the name uh, he follows Father Morton down into the basement, and he's sitting on that throne that was for Osmodius that's down there. And I thought the father was going to summon the courage, because to me it felt like this was all about, like you said, creating the next Pope's exorcist. So I was hoping that this father would be able to summon the courage and power and strength and forgive himself and believe in God enough to help absolve uh, um 
a Morton of Asmodeus. And then they're just like, no, we're going to throw in these two crazy women. They got to <laughs> come overcome and then have them fall into the holy water and just become a giant lava pit mess. I was like, dude, you rue, you could, this ending could have been 10 times better. 10 times better. I just really didn't like the way the ending, the ending felt. And also the campy ending where it was like, what do you say? You have to catch another 199? And Russell Crowe's like, ah, maybe your father Escobel will help me. And Escobel's like, yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> and they'll jump in the air and they're fucking frozen in slow motion in the credits play. That does not No, happen. but that's what it felt like. It didn't feel like that. Term. It did not. I thought the ending was just rough. I just thought it was rough. Was there anything else you want to talk about? No. Do you have a favorite scene or moment? What would you say was the funniest moment of this movie? The funniest yeah. moment? Yeah. Tell me that because this movie is does have some oddly funny moments. God. I have two. Yeah, tell me yours. Maybe it'll jog mine. One of them is when we talk about where he's like, whoa, 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 you haven't confessed in eight months? You're a man of the cloth. What are you doing? <laughs> he's like, just get up. We gotta go. My other favorite moment that I thought was so funny was when... Um, Russell Crowe comes downstairs and the mom, he's just got there. He just spoke with the, the demon. And the mom's downstairs like flipping through a magazine or something. And the Pope's like, I'm going to need coffee. And the woman's <laughs> like, what's that going to do to help my son? And he's like, well, it's almost nighttime and demons like to work at night. So I'm going to need coffee to stay up. I was like, this is so stupid, but it's it's so funny. It just works for me. Also him rubbing the holy water on his armpits. When he gets there and he starts dumping the water in his armpits because he can't find anybody. So he's like, I might as well take a whore's bath and just like oh, dabs up his armpits. My favorite scenes are when he's riding around on his moped. moped. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this moped that that's how he travels. Which, did he drive the from moped Italy from Italy to Italy Spain? Spain? Because he takes off from the, the Vatican with the moped and then we see him in Spain <laughs> with the moped. Bro. Driving up the mountain to their to their church thing. Yeah, no wonder it took so fucking <laughs> like long, dude. five miles per hour. No wonder the, the exorcism had jumped the possession had gone so much without us seeing it it's because he took 10 years to get there yeah man. but i love that scene and then he kept like making jokes with the nuns he kept going chick, chick, and he would like do that thing with his hand he'd put his hand on his nose and like wiggle his fingers and uh-huh. all the nuns would go oh my god he's so funny and it's like what the fuck is happening bro? yeah there's just so many light-hearted moments in this mm-hmm. that i love because it feels real life mm-hmm. you have these things that are happening yet they're like He's like, you have to stay positive. You have to stay goofy. Right. And it's human nature to like deal it's with human nature like to deal with that. Exactly. Like you said, it's a defense mechanism that he's using and it works well. And then the scene where he asks Father Escobel, hey, do you know any jokes? And he's like, no, no. why? And he's like, <laughs> the devil like jokes. jokes. <laughs> and it's like, dude, fuck yeah. Let's go. And with that, we're going to go into our ratings and MVP. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to wrap it up here. Cass is going to go first and give her rating and her MVP in any order she wants. Go ahead. All right. So my rating is going to be 2.5 Exorcists. 2.5 Exorcists? Yeah. You're in line with a lot of people on Letterboxd. You are closer to the actual score. The score on Letterboxd is a 2.7. Oh. So you're right online. You are with the crew. Look you at are me. With the audience. Just sign me up to be a movie critic. You should be. Everyone can be a movie critic. It's not hard. <laughs> Just go see movies. Say your thoughts. But, okay, 2-5. A 2-5 on the exorcism scale. Mm-hmm. And then my MVP is obviously Russell Crowe. Yeah. He's the only person. If you have a different person than that, I will be shocked considering you... <laughs> Basically sucked his dick the whole time. 
<laughs> but um, I bloom in the theater. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's only there really is only one character in this that even is like of con- that matters yeah yeah i will say my mvp is russell crowe father of morton he is fantastic russell crowe knocks it out of the park i don't need any more of these though i'll buy this when it comes <laughs> out and rewatch this a bunch of times i'm okay with that my rating is vastly different from the majority of people, and I am okay with that. I understand everyone's gripes with this movie. I'm giving it three and a half extra Wow! I loved this movie. Is it a tired, played out storyline? Yes. Have we seen it a thousand times? Yes. Are there huge, massive, glaring issues? Yes. My love for Russell Crowe as Father Morton is so strong it gets three stars. You throw in the fact that this has a cool, fun take... On a, on, a, on a boring story with Asmodeus and him wanting the Pope's exorcist power rather than just like, like, what's the thing we always say is like, why is this person being, why is this devil, demon person just taking a child? Why are they right. connecting to this woman? Why are they connecting to this man? You know what I mean? And and the Pope actually, the Pope's exorcist, Father Morton, asks the devil at one point, why this boy? Why not me? Why not the president of the United States? Why aren't you taking these important people? More powerful people. Yeah, why aren't you taking these more powerful people? That's a question we've always had watching these movies. The reason in this, they give a reason at least. The dude's like, I don't want that. I want you, bro. I want the Pope's exorcist. That's what I want. Right. So three and a half exorcists, MVP Russell Crowe, you give it two and a half exorcists. So we're averaging out at about a three. This is getting a 2.7 on Letterboxd. If you watch this and you're like, wow, Kyle, you're crazy for liking that. I understand. I get it. It's pretty bonkers that I even like this at all. But that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you, Cass, for coming on. Thank you, Frankie, for sitting in your mom's arms and not being as much of a nuisance as you usually are. If you want more reviews, you can go onto my letterbox or my website, which is on Substack. Follow me on TikTok for reviews of movies and other lists such as like my top five favorite Pokemon movies and <laughs> my top five favorite exorcism movies. They're all over there. You can also follow me on Instagram for more updates on the podcast at movieguy underscore Kai, it's that on all platforms. Thank you for listening and love each other and go watch a movie.